enjoy the show. Beaming at you from the depths of the internet. This is the Temple of Geek Podcast, your one stop for all things geek. Welcome to the Temple of Geek Podcast. For those of you tuning in for the first time, my name is Aaron, and tonight I will be your host as we discuss books and comedy. We, this is going to be a good-ass show. I, I got a hilarious friend of mine on here as a guest. You guys are going to love this episode, and we, we also need your help. So please stick around for the entire episode. We need your help with this one. Uh, the Temple of Geek Podcast, we've been around since 2012. Here we discuss and celebrate fandoms and all things geek. And for all our returning listeners, thank you for tuning in with me today. It's a very special guest, a uh, very tall drink of water, good friend of mine, hilarious, hilarious woman. Uh, Shana, Sh- I'm sorry, Shana Christmas, Shana Hanukkah, depending on your religious beliefs or what time of year it is, or if she's in Facebook jail or not. Shana, how you doing? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm chilling. I'm good. I'm just enjoying this unpredictable fucking California weather. Today, I think it's going to be hot instead of like fucking cold <laughs> and windy. I don't know. Uh, you're out in you're out in Vegas right oh, we now, had right? Some, yeah, we had, I'm in Vegas. We had some hail yesterday. That was oh, fun. Get the fuck out of here. For real? Yeah. All of our mountains were covered in snow. It was really cold and windy. And in some parts we had hail. So That's, that was a fun. I, that that sounds interesting. But yeah, I used to live in uh, Arizona. <laughs> I used to live in Arizona. And we got hail a couple times and people lost their fucking minds out in the street. With, with all, we can curse on here too, just letting you know. So just let it rip. Of course. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, like when it hails, like people lose their minds and shit when that shit happens. So yeah, I think like, when you're not used to rain at all, mm-hmm. it's like it's raining cool, and then you're right. like, "Whoa!" Now there's ice chips. Like, "Whoa!" Yeah, what is going on? Yeah, it's yeah. completely mind blowing. Like people don't know that like rocks of ice can literally fall from the sky <laughs> at very fast speeds and fuck up your windshield. <laughs> That's part of the weather. Right, uh, I'm from the Midwest. Right, if you've never I, seen it, if you haven't seen it for ten months, if yeah. you haven't seen it for ten months, you're like, oh my god, I forgot that happens. Right, <laughs> like I'm from the Midwest, so I grew up around that. So when I moved away from it, and then it happened again, and I saw everybody else's reactions, I'm like, oh y'all just rookies and shit. So, you know, uh, <laughs> and are you originally are you originally from Vegas or are you from New York? Because you move around yeah. a lot. I do bounce around a lot. I'm a nomad, but I was born and raised in Vegas. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Uh, how How is that? Yeah. Because like I, I have I have a couple of different friends who who born and raised in Vegas, and I the only time I go to Vegas, I'm usually just like on the strip or like very close to it. So I, I have no idea what the growing up will be about it. How is that? I mean. I literally didn't understand what Vegas was until I got to be like 18 because mm. it's outside of the strip. It's like a very small town. Right, right. Normal. Like we would we would go to the strip like every once in a while, like the circus circus. Yeah. And I just assumed that everybody had a circus circus as a child. Like you don't <laughs> no. You don't know. No. We, and we, then um, we used we to have this McDonald's water park play on the strip called the Wet and Wild. <laughs> right. <laughs> even, the, even that was like a big deal to go to the play place as a kid. But we... We didn't realize that people came here to do debauchery, you know, oh, until till much later. At least senior high, senior year in high school. Yeah, I remember like about to graduate from high school and hearing on the radio that Puff Daddy was going to be throwing a party at so and so club during the Magic Convention. I was like, Magic? What magic. the fuck? Are they- Ain't that the closing what was he doing convention? With the magician. I was so yes. Con- oh, yes, but I didn't know what that was. Oh. <laughs> 
they called it magic. And I was like, what is he doing magic for? I was so confused. I had never heard of it. And then I realized, wait a minute. Puff Daddy just shows That's up. That's like the convention. Chris Angel. He's there with Chris Angel doing close-up magic. Yeah. <laughs> I had no clue. That's what I'm saying. Like, you just drive up and down the strip because you can't. they have a curfew. When you're not 21, they kick you off the strip on uh, after midnight on the really? weekends. Really? Because every time yeah, I've gone, they every, put you time, a patty. every time I've gone to Vegas, I've seen nothing but kids on the strip. So I ain't somebody ain't enforcing. At what that. time though? Usually like three in the morning. I see yeah. like whole babies and strollers and shit. Well, babies and strollers is different than like an eighteen year old. Okay, you can't you, you can't be an un, unaccompanied minor rocking uh, around the strip. They will. I've know I've known people who got arrested and put in the paddy wagon because oh, they were. Shit on the strip after midnight trying to sneak into clubs and shit like that. You know, right. they don't they don't play with their liquor licenses like that out here. No, so. hell no. They ain't trying to lose their liquor. That's like half the fucking money out there. They ain't trying to lose that. Exactly. It's very uh, important to them. So we would like drive over down the strip in high school, but we couldn't go anywhere. And then I right. left for college and then came back and I was old enough. And then I was like, oh shit, Vegas is popping. I had right. no idea though. <laughs> okay. So I, right, so that, that so, so that's different because like me growing up in Chicago, all you see about Vegas is just like all the shit that happens on the strip and stuff. That's all I thought it was growing up or, or like, uh, or, or Nicolas Cage would hijack a fucking plane and land it on the strip with all these prisoners <laughs> and stuff on it. That was pretty much they, my experience. They film on the strip. Yeah, they, they only show Vegas, be, uh, the strip, because that's all that we have for mm-hmm. tourism. I mean, yeah. they're not going to drive you around the, the homeless areas and, right. and scare people. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> We have Dang. we have ghettos. We have poor people. It's oh, not. Yeah. <laughs> oh no no no! I know you, know you know Vegas. Vegas got some straight up hood ass spots when you really think about it. But like, yeah, it's the same. <laughs> they thing. They're not going to show you that though because yeah, it's the same thing with L.A. It's like anytime they film something in L.A., which they very rarely do, but if they show L.A., they never show the streets. They always have overhead shots, and maybe they'll show like one or two, of one or two of the stars on the Walk of Fame. That's like one of the ones that's cleaned up that a homeless dude didn't take a shit on or something but right they, they never show the completely polluted streets of la on the ground they'll never they'll never do that right because who would want to come here exactly right like you have exactly. to sell it right you gotta yep. like my mom <laughs> my mom she came to visit like when, when i got married my mom was out here she was like oh can we go see the hollywood walk of fame i'm like you know what let's not because you would not like it at all. Like it's, uh, I don't want to ruin the fantasy for you. You know, because once you go right. there and you see it, you be like, oh, this is what's happening. I'm like, yeah, this is what's happening. So, but, and I actually think L.A. is worse because Vegas is literally just like a five mile right. block of casinos and hotels. Yeah, insulated. So you can't be disappointed if you went to a casino because they all right. look like how they look. Exactly. You know. In LA, it's like you see a sign or you see a Hollywood Walk of Fame, you don't realize it's like surrounded by like just people. Yeah. And anybody has access to it. And they, you know what I mean? So that's more of like, you got to keep that lie going. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's why it's like when you see like the Beverly Hills sign or somebody taking pictures by that, you don't realize that there's a line of people ready to take pictures by that goddamn sign, just ready to go at any given mm-hmm. point. It's not as beautiful <laughs> as it can look. Photoshop is a beautiful thing. Um, I know the facade. Yeah, right? it's a great way to sell it for sure. So you and I met through like mutual comedian friends and stuff on Facebook. We've been Facebook friends for like a couple years and stuff. And 
one of your one of your jokes yeah. is the, one of your jokes is the funniest shit in the world. Like, now let me let me just tell the audience just a little bit about you, if I can. Uh, you you live in you sure. live in Vegas. You've lived in New York. You've lived in LA. You've lived all over this goddamn country because like you you're never in the same. I place lived in twice. all the hubs. Yeah, you lived you lived pretty much in <laughs> yeah. every major city and stuff with like airport access to get the fuck out. Uh, and you're also you're also six foot three. And one yeah. of your jokes you did, um, and you're a very proud tall woman, which is great. Um, one of your jokes you did was so so fucking hilarious to me, and and, I, and I'm gonna butcher the shit out of it. But the punchline of it is, it's like. <laughs> You 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 don't like going out too much with guys because they don't walk you to your car because they just assume that you're just gonna be okay because you're so tall, <laughs> you know? right? <laughs> like that was the. It's funny. so funny. I actually came across that clip. I came across that clip on my website because I forgot I had it posted there, and I had uh, a good laugh. I was like, I forgot about that joke. That shit was, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's true. They would. That, yeah, that's the funniest shit because, like, at the same time, it's like, yeah, you you tall and stuff, so people just assume, and and I'm and I'm kind of tall too. I'm not as tall as you. I'm six one, but people just assume that just because mm. you're tall that you'll be able to take care of yourself, like as if you don't need protection or or you know maybe the the gesture yeah. of being walked to your fucking car, <laughs> you know? Uh, right. I, I think on top of being a woman, it kind of throws people off because it's like you're taller than most men. Yeah. So I think you should be able to take care of yourself, but you shouldn't have to because you're a woman and I'm confused. And so, you know. Right. So but and then when when you go to your website, uh, shawnachristmas.com, because uh, you, you're, you're mm-hmm. absolutely hilarious. And you just put up the like, you know how you go to some websites, everybody listening, you go to some websites and you'll have like a review of something on there. I think I don't think I could ever top this review because I've heard this before about myself too, but but for you to put it up there is just fucking great. So you go to shaunachristmas.com, the first thing you see is a picture of Shauna, and then right under that you see a quote. I wasn't expecting you to be so clever up there. Random white man at a show. Tell me about your experiences with random white man at shows because I, I, I need to laugh right now. Um it's I feel like that's a, a very common like man thing too. Yeah. Like I always have this issue with, with men on stage because they, they kind of get in their shit about like women being on stage and being powerful and I'm also taller than them, so they feel intimidated right. and kind of like to heckle. And then, you know, I'm I'm doing a lot of like, you know, race based material and mm-hmm. still funny and makes you think. And so sometimes they are kind of like, Wow, I'm I was expecting you to be a complete whore up there or whatever they were thinking, you know, they think that's right. a compliment to be like, well, you made me think that yeah. good for you. And it's like, it's, it's, it's trying to balance a lot of the, the, the male feelings about me existing and being powerful on stage and making jokes that make them think about things. So right. it happens quite a lot with men in general. I have, I have newer stuff where I talk about vasectomies that really gets them going. Yeah. They, they either want to have a discussion like, hey, man, don't put those ideas out. And I'm like, it's a good idea, sir. Right. <laughs> you should do it. <laughs> Vasectomies are a good idea for a lot of the guys listening. Some of y'all just need a permanent fucking one. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's and, the yeah. Thing, and the thing is, like, men who are competent in themselves wouldn't find themselves trying to gatekeep what kind of jokes you tell or try to downplay your intelligence or anything like that. Because one, it takes a lot of intelligence to be a funny comedian. You know, to be funny in this comedy game, you kind of got to be smart about some shit. 
So, and, and, <laughs> and some people are not. I, I know you, you've, you've seen, we've seen some of the same fucking people fucking crash and fucking burn and, and just still. I was gonna say, some that. of these people aren't smart. It's, I feel like a lot of comedy is, is confidence based. Yes. Absolutely. You just, you just have to believe that you're good. And, and, and even if you're trash, if you believe it, people will be like, all right. You know what I mean? It's very, it's about right. the sell. I think some of the most funny people sometimes, you know, can be a little bit less confident because they don't want to hurt people's feelings and shit. You know, it's yeah. very strange, but you can see people that are not smart or good at comedy. And you're like, okay, I guess. I mean, he, he seems like he's not bothered that he bombed. Right. <laughs> and you know what? In this, in this whole year that we've been on lockdown and stuff, there's been several people who are just not bothered at all by like the sound of silence when they still perform. Hence why they do a lot of these virtual shows and stuff where you really can't get that crowd <laughs> engagement. Like, not to shit on people who do virtual <laughs> shows, but a lot of people who do virtual shows are quite used to not hearing anything when they tell jokes any fucking way. Um, yeah, so- I think the people that are thriving sometimes, it's good for them, you know, that they can mm-hmm. thrive in this environment. It's, it probably feels safer for them. But I'm like, I, 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 sometimes I don't get laughs, but that's on purpose. Right. You know what I mean? I have intentional spots where people are like, ooh, I feel weird or whatever. Same and then some people yeah. laugh, depending uh-huh. on... Yeah, depending but on who. Sometimes I'm just playing. Laughs, so. Sometimes I'm playing for one fucking table, and that's all I need. <laughs> right, 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 right. But the virtual stuff, you got to actually do more from sitting yeah. down. You know, you yep. have to really play to the camera, and it's a lot more facial expressions than you need to do as opposed to just kind of like doing the comedy and being right. funny. It's very, it's a very challenging medium, and for people that do like the interaction on in in real life. It can be like this is stupid. <laughs> like, yeah. It's so depressing. Like, I I I like I've been invited to do a couple virtual shows, and I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool because now I gotta like invite basically <laughs> virtually invite people into my house, and I gotta sit in one spot, and I move around a lot when I'm on stage. That shit doesn't translate well when you got like one fixed camera. I don't have like a six camera setup like a damn sitcom and shit in my house to make this shit go right. So yeah. Uh, so, I remember I did a show one time with Nori Davis and he had his camera was set up like on a dresser and he had like a microphone in his hand. He was just kind of pacing his little square in his window. <laughs> like, yeah, that's the like, best as he could do. <laughs> like I've seen some where like some people would just like like in like also like and this is just me giving a tip to people who do virtual comedy shows. Like if you can't get like a backdrop or, or like put up a background on your Zoom screen or something like that. Clean the area that you performing in because that shit can be so fucking distracting. <laughs> <laughs> it can be like you ever watch somebody perform and then it's like they got like they dirty ass draws on a counter behind them. I've seen literally that, you know. So oh no, I mean I remember seeing like selfies of people in the bathroom. You're like clean off the the mirror in the yeah. in the counter, you know. So I imagine that's. Some people are doing the virtual shows in a dirty room. It's so strange to not even think about it because when you set your camera up, like you don't see that. No, right. I'm like, you had to move <laughs> some shit out of the way to set this camera up, right? So like, like clean up the shit around you or something, you know? That shit is distracting. Oh, they like from their phones and they like walk around. Uh huh. Oh my god, that shit makes everybody dizzy and nauseous and shit. Like, <laughs> so when did you get in? When did you? St- how long have you been doing comedy? Like, when did you get started? What inspired you to get into the game? 
Um, it it it's so supposed to be seven years ago, but I'm not counting last year because COVID. So right. <laughs> <laughs> six years, six, six years. years plus one, yeah, seven years, whatever. Yeah, it's um, I I started um, I guess when I was 32. Yeah, okay. Uh, it's so strange because like you know, people have always said, you're funny and you should do comedy. It's like, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. That shit looks scary as hell. And it yeah. does. And it is. It you is. Know I, mean? I wasn't yeah. wrong about my perception. <laughs> it's the scariest thing you could possibly do. And so you, you watch, you know, as a kid, you're saying like Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy and stuff. Right. Like, Look at all those fucking people. At, at any point, point, they could just turn against you and just like ruin yeah. your entire life. You hell know what yeah. I mean? Like, just fuck up your to whole To be able to do that was always like... a scary yeah shit weeks sometimes hell yeah I mean, yeah you'll be you'll and, stick on and, some and shit luckily, for a while yeah oh my god i i uh remember my first time i did comedy i was funny immediately which was a bad thing yep you know some people like my first time on stage i bombed i was like no i was pretty good for a couple of se- yeah. sets and then i bombed then yeah. i was like oh no yeah. it was like same worse. shit same was- shit happened to me because i was good for the first couple times and then i was like oh shit i got this shit then i bombed i was like oh hell no nah. yep. i don't want to do this shit no more <laughs> i bombed in like in like april and didn't come back until like august that's sometimes <laughs> I, I got. Set, I could not. I, yeah. I, I was. I know what you mean. I got set up so fucking hard. Like first time I get up on stage, I fucking rocked it. Then I got invited to do another show, and about like couple months in, I'm doing radio spots and shit, and I'm like, oh shit, this is. Oh it. no. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I it it came crashing down hard when I got up on stage, and I made the mistake thinking that like my set from a couple months ago was still gonna rock, and no. It did not. And I was like, oh, I got to get funny. This is, this ain't fun no more for me. Now I got to work. So, but yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, I did, they had this, they had this open mic showcase in Vegas where they would record it and post it on YouTube. And I was like, mm. oh, I'm ready for, for YouTube clips. Right. And that's Ooh. where I bombed. And I was like, oh, this is on to be on YouTube. It's yeah. Terrible. <laughs> and you know what else is on YouTube? YouTube comments. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and I didn't even look. I, I I don't even know if that tape still exists or not because that oh, okay. place is closed. I don't know if somebody um, went back and just deleted everything because it's associated with a place that's closed or not. But mm-hmm. I literally have flashbacks of it, and I mean, like this was awful, and it was on tape. Wow. Oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, <laughs> it's like hard evidence uh, of this shit somewhere. Yeah. So yeah, I'm waiting on another bomb that I I filmed for Amazon a couple of years ago, but it hasn't okay. been released yet. And I was like, I bombed for an Amazon taping too, so this should be fun. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but like some some people like thrive and and bombing. Some people brag about that shit sometimes. Like, yeah, I, I can admit that I bomb sometimes, but like only when I'm being pressed on it or something. But like, cause bombing ain't. Oh, ain't I, I'm bad. worried because it. I'm worried because it is going to come out. And so um, I remember in the moment being like, this is going to come out and they're going to see that I'm bombing. And hopefully they'll make it look like I'm not bombing and like do some switching camera angles yeah. and shit. Because when I bomb, I get all like cotton mouth and shit. You can tell I'm having uh, a hard time. I don't hide it very well when I'm up there. So I'm like, maybe they don't zoom in on my face when I'm bombing. Maybe they'll fix it in post because yeah, maybe they I had like a bomb hangover for like three days. My head uh, hurt for three days after that set. It was oh, pretty damn. terrible. So yeah, I do, but maybe I they'll that, fix it. <laughs> I do that thing when I'm bombing. I do that thing that a lot of comedians do when they ain't got no segues or shit ain't going as planned. I'd be like, yeah, 
shit is crazy. I do that shit. <laughs> I do the oh, shit. No. Yeah, I do the shit is crazy line when I'm that. That's my tell when I know I'm not doing good or I'm just not feeling the set or whatever. I be like, oh shit is yeah, shit is crazy. And then I just move into like some of my greatest hits and try to get my ass the fuck up out of there. Right. That's what I did when people weren't laughing at the shit that I was getting laughs on. I was like, let me go back to my greatest hits. Uh-huh. And then they still didn't laugh. I was like, okay. Yeah. But that taping was so stupid. Like they tape in the middle of the afternoon and, the, and it's like 30 people. It's no one, no one's drinking. It's oh. not, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not an conducive ideal, to like it's actual not an ideal comic. crowd or anything like that. It's not like a realistic crowd. Right. I'm, and I'm, right. And, and I went, I think I was like number seven out of nine oh, and shit. they only laughed at number four oh. <laughs> number four got all the laughs and they were done laughing after that like the girl who went before me spent tw- 20 minutes in the bathroom crying and i was like this is bullshit. oh what was this can you say so, what, what this was for we can edit it out too what was this for it's called coming it, it's called coming to the stage it's oh, on okay. amazon prime if yeah, you look yeah, there's yeah. already yeah, it's already a few seasons that came out, but I don't know which season I'm in because they filmed three seasons in one weekend. Mm. But so I don't. I think they released season eight, but I'm. I don't know when nine or ten is coming out. They're going to email us and let us know. But maybe they're going to take a while to fix mine, so I might be in season ten because it might take them longer to edit and <laughs> make mine look good. <laughs> it's just going to choppy and old old clips and stuff. It's just going to be all out of continuity and shit. Yeah. Like- but I've right. in some stuff with me, like, you know, hanging out backstage and talking shit to Jamie Kennedy and shit right. like that. Throw some of that stuff in Throw there. Throw that in there. Yeah, just give some <laughs> slice of life stuff. Put your documentary parts and shit up and stuff. Just just make it all right. Back. Just have one joke and then a laugh track. <laughs> just do that. Yeah, they yeah they were like, it's going to look like a lot of people are in the room the way they fix it. Because I was like, you can see everybody's face. And they were like, they had laughed. All they were going to laugh that day. They gave oh. all the laughs up to number four. And then everybody else just ate a dick for the rest of the night. Yeah. You and, know, you it's know so what? funny because I ran into some of the people. Uh-huh. Mm. You're like, you know what? Like when I perform. I ran into some of the people oh, at the other. Sorry. This... <laughs> I, I know. We got like a little delay. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I had run into some of the people that recorded that weekend and uh, I was at a festival one time and this guy was like, did you record that thing? I said, yeah. He's like, I don't want to come out. I don't want to see it. I was like, me neither. Like we were in a different state reflecting on how bad it was for each of us. And we were like, we don't want it to come out. It was really funny. (laughs) So it's not just me. So when you like describe that audience and stuff, what my thing is when I perform, I don't like seeing the audience at all. I like knowing that they're present and stuff, but I can only handle like one or two rows of people that I can physically see. Cause like if I have that many fucking eyes on me and the room is just too damn lit, I'm like, I feel like I got to pay attention to literally everybody in the room and that can throw me off. That's why I like performing in dark ass. The anxiety. Yeah. Yes. I like a dark room and I like talking to the back of the dark room. Yes. I ignore everybody in the front row because I can see them. I know they're paying attention. Right. But I'll seek out people in the back because I can barely see and then I'll talk to them. It's very mm-hmm. strange. I feel like it's the opposite of what people should be, what they assume. You but, know, if you sit in the front, I'm going to pick on you. I'm like, no, I'm no, not. Hell no. <laughs> like, no, I ain't even worried about you. I just want to see people up in the front. So that way, like, if I have some crowd work that I might do, sure, I got somebody. But like, I like to play to the back of the room because it keeps my head head up just in case somebody is filming and they're not just getting me looking down and stuff um 
but right. I can't I, I can't be in a room that's just like basically you just outside in the afternoon and everybody can fucking see you. Yeah, it's it's anxiety inducing for sure. It's like you want to be able to perform for a lot of people. Like people ask if you want to film, you wouldn't be able to sell out Madison Square Garden. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> absolutely not. No. I don't know. I'm, no, I'm cool on that. I want a small, intimate theater, yeah. 100, 200 people max. That's cool. I'll do a special right there. Oh. I don't need what all those goddamn people and it's lit up. No, 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 no. no, no. I'm cool. I I will do the fucking <laughs> belly room at the comedy store. Just filled up with people, and I'm good with that. That's that's all right. I really need. Yes, like I dig know. that. Yeah, very small, intimate crowds is where I'm at with it. I don't yeah. need to be. I don't need twenty thousand people. That's okay. That's a lot of people. Know. That's too many. That's damn responsibility. People. That's a, yeah, right. I don't, I'm now I'm responsible. I feel like once you get to you get to that. Yeah, you get to that point though. If, if twenty thousand people are coming, they all like you. That's why mm-hmm. they're there. So at least exactly. you know they're. They'll they, laugh. They'll laugh at anything because <laughs> you'll you'll put some people in a, a fucking twenty thousand room and shit, and then you have my ass come out. I'm, nobody knows who the fuck I am besides the people who literally came to see me, but like the fifteen people that actually came. So I'm like, right. I'm cool on that, but like, fuck all that. I can't just handle twenty thousand people just staring at me, and then I can see everybody else, and then is I got my noise echoing right. and all that. I'm good. Um. So yeah, you forget about the openers. Yeah, yeah, you know, um, you know, the openers. Yeah, that's got to be that's that's rough. I've went to a couple different shows where the openers uh, just they come out, they do their thing, and they just get the hell on. It's some of the tightest work I've ever seen. I, and I wish a lot of open micers would like check out some of those shows and see like how you supposed to do when the crowd ain't really on your side, you know? Um, right. So. Uh, outside, I mean, we're going to get into one of your business ventures that you're working on now. But I want I want to talk about something else that made me laugh that that you did that I think you're currently doing now. You are the creator and producer of Black Chicks and Pink Dicks. Tell us about it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I it, it was a short lived show. It was a short lived run of shows. It was my first time producing shows, uh-huh. and it's essentially just black girls who date um, white dudes right um but it was an all-black woman show and um the only thing that tied us together was our really our interracial relationships we also had like a a black lesbian who was dating like a jewish girl too but okay very much like you know um and um (laughs) it's so funny because the name of that show would make black men mad and it's like it has nothing we're not even we're talking shit about white people the right, entire time. Right. <laughs> like, I saw I saw some of the comments. We're not praising white men. Yeah. Yeah. We're not praising white men. We're not giving them any kind of we're literally up there going how, talking about how stressful it is to be relationships with them. Right. <laughs> and you've actually made, and trying to make them better people. Yeah. And you've made public <laughs> posts about exactly that and people still get mad somehow. Like I, I don't get it. Like when you plainly put out that, like, yo, I'm not praising these motherfuckers or nothing. I'm actually talking a lot of shit about them and just trying to help them understand black people just a little bit more. But then you get these insecure and, ass black. And dudes. anything, it's just more about 
it's more about showcasing black women in comedy too. Right. I loved having an all black woman lineup and everybody yeah. was a fucking killer. And so you see the the poster and it's got black women on it and people are still like mad at the name. It's like, do you see any white boys' names on this thing? Like right. what's wrong? Because But the the show was still successful, people still came out and you know, I had quite a few sold out shows and then you nice. know I moved around again. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? You was you just in and out. But like it's hard to see an all-woman lineup in comedy anyway, let alone at least one woman on the goddamn show. And then even rarer than that to see right. like a woman of color on the show. And so you put together a whole show with nothing but black women who were all fucking hilarious. And y'all had a, a good run of show. Mm-hmm. And for whatever yeah, reason... It was it, fun. It, it was it, stressful, though. Oh, yeah. Producing shows fucking sucks. I, I, I did one. And yeah. exactly one. And I'm like, nah, I'm not doing <laughs> this shit no more. Like, yeah, it's hard to produce and, and you know, you got to wrangle all the people together and make sure they're yeah. on time and make sure the venue was good and make sure you're selling tickets and make sure you, I mean, a lot of stuff went into it. I was lucky enough, though, that, you know, since I am from Vegas and I, I, I would hound people. Right. Did you get tickets? You know what I mean? Like, and so it was really successful because I I stay on people's asses about it because people are lazy. They they want you to just tell them what to push. Right. Yeah. They don't want to go through all that stuff trying to find out where to get get tickets. Like, tell me, give me the link. Give me the link. Just give me the link. Give me me the fucking Eventbrite link and I'll be there. But. Right. Yep. (laughs) And. And like again, and you and you've been you've been a comedian long enough to know this. It's hard to get people that like you to come up to your show. It's it's hard to get motherfucking friends. Right. Like, I had a homeboy. He's also a comedian, Chad Miller. He put up a post. He was like, "Look, if you want to keep people inside during COVID, just tell them that you perform and stand up outside, and they should come to the show. And motherfuckers will stay the fuck <laughs> home." Like. Oh Lord. Yeah. It's, it's, it's strange because I, I think I get lucky because my day job is so different than what I do at night. And so mm-hmm. a lot of my coworkers would come because they were so intrigued by me being like, Oh yeah. Wait, you work at a nursing home and at night you go tell jokes. This is really interesting. And, and then it's like a night out for them. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Cause they don't really do shit outside of going to work themselves. So yeah. it was kind of a little bit easier for me to get people to come because they don't really do shit else. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> and it was once a month. Or some shit like that. Exactly. You know, it's easy to commit to a once a month kind of deal. But I, I know how hard it is, especially in LA. But there's oh, LA's people are like, I got so many other things I want to do. Uh-huh. You know, in Vegas, people are like, I don't want to go to the strip. I'll go to this show downtown and go home. Right. You know what I mean? They don't like going to the strip. So yep. it was a lot easier to get them to come out to see me than try to go compete with the goddamn strip. So right. I was lucky. All right. So um so let, let, let's talk let's talk about the day job real quick because that, that that ties us in with um what, what we're going to talk about soon now you're an occupational therapist shout out to you uh essential workers you know uh how does how much does that translate into your stand-up deck um I, it's so funny because initially I thought I'd talk a lot about my job. Mm-hmm. And then there's not, there's probably like maybe like one or two jokes about what I do at work and it has right. nothing to do with like my patients. It's just more about me like being around racist people and still yeah. having to help them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, but uh, I used to do quite a bit of jokes about the nursing home and it became like, I don't want it to only be about my job in right. that sense. And so 
it's 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 a part of it, but it's not a huge part of my act at all. And I think a lot of people wanted to go to my shows to see if I talked about them mm-hmm. or whatever at work. I'm like, I don't talk about y'all. Oh no, that's <laughs> see, that's something that all. So anybody listening to this, if you're interested in being in stand up comedy or you are a stand up comic, uh, most of being a stand up comic is having people who aren't question whether or not anything they say to you is going to be used in your act. I'm here to tell you that the answer is probably not. Like you're you're not that funny and you probably don't fit the flow of anyone's single act. So just put that out there. It's so funny because it's like I don't even like to talk about I barely talk about like myself. Yeah. Or my own family. Why would I talk about you? Right. <laughs> you, unless you're stupid. Like it, I might yeah. make fun of you uh-huh. in a way where you don't feel good, but you don't say anything funny enough for me to throw you into my <laughs> 10 minute set. Yeah. Like, it's like, Oh, let me hold on. Let get me... over yourself. I'm like, which joke am I taking out to talk about this person that I just met? Whose name I don't know or anything. Let me right. just yeah, I'm like, shit down. I've been working for, yeah, you work for years to get like a good 10, 20 minutes mm-hmm. down. And I'm not throwing out a good solid joke for some shit you said at the water cooler. Right. You can relax. I'm like, this 10 minutes is precious because that 10 minutes can turn to three real fucking quick. So I need to know exactly what the fuck <laughs> right. I'm going to say. Good. Yeah, and I'm not talking about you. Mm-hmm. I don't find any of you interesting enough to talk about during my time on stage. Right. Thanks. It's it's a strange thing for people to assume that I'm going to talk about them at all. But I think people get nervous or they're, or they're mostly interested to kind of see like, wow, you're two different people. Yeah. You know, because you have to be... You know, it's professional in the setting at a hospital or a nursing home, and then right. you go on stage and you're like, dicks! You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't just go in with, with certain acts and stuff and just walk into a professional setting and shit, because that shit just doesn't work. You'll get fired. You can't get fired from comedy. You you should, in, in some cases, you should be able to <laughs> not be able to fucking perform jokes anymore, but that's another story. But, like... I, I can't like me. I cannot walk into my day job telling the jokes that I tell on stage. They will escort me right the fuck out of that hospital. But like, yeah, I mean, I'm goofy enough. I'm goofy enough at work where people are like, mm-hmm. I can see how you're funny, but like, you know, it's like tell me a joke. It's like that's you don't want to hear my material at work. Yeah, like, no, I'm not gonna get fired for telling you my actual. Right. No, 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 no. I'll make you laugh at work, but it's not for my material. Hell no, <laughs> my material is an HR violation. I can't do that. I can't do that shit. Exactly. <laughs> my comedy don't pay my bills like I. That want should be the name of your album. I, 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 you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm writing that shit down. <laughs> like my shit is an HR violation. HR violation is funny. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> and that that's the thing that's what <laughs> fucked me up with COVID last year I was going to release an album I had so many gigs lined up that I was going to record everything and make an album and then everything shut the fuck down I'm like well guess I'm staying at home shit so like how yeah. how, how have you I'm, been I'm, I'm a... go ahead no, how I'm just amazed been? at anybody who's released anything during the pandemic. I'm like, yeah. you guys released something? When did you have time to do that? Man, where, yeah. Why are you doing that? Like, <laughs> how, how is, like, tell me how you got down to do all that during all of this shit. Because I, 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 like, seriously, I had the whole plan. I was like, I'm going to do this joke, and it's going to hit, and I'm going to do this, and this, and this. And then I'm going to just put them all together and make, like, a compilation comedy album and put that shit out. And man, did COVID say, no, nah, no, you're not. You're going to stay your ass home. <laughs> but, 
But it's it's so funny because like I remember when COVID was already percolating at the at work because I had I'm been I'm working in New York at the right. time last year, and the last show I did was in Hartford, Connecticut, and it was like March seventh or something like that. March seventh through the ninth was the weekend uh-huh. I was there. And I remember asking the audience, okay. like, are you guys worried about this coronavirus? And they were all like, no. I was like, you probably should be, you know, worried because it's killing white people right now. Y'all, yeah. are, you know, y'all are, on the, y'all are on the menu. You should be concerned. And then a week <laughs> later, everything shut down. So <laughs> I kind of knew it was coming. And I was like, this is going to be fucked for a while. Uh-huh. And I didn't think it was going to be fucked this long. But, you know, you had the wrong people in charge. And so here we are. You yeah. Know what I mean? And even still, like, it's going to take longer for people to get their finances together to come back to do live comedy. And, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, people can't don't have entertainment money to throw away. They got to yeah. pay bills with that money. You know what I mean? So it's still going to be a little bit strange for a while before we're actually doing comedy how we used to. And so I, I, I didn't have any plans on, like, releasing anything. I didn't think I was at that point in my career yet to, like, put together an album. I didn't feel good enough about myself to, like, do that yet. Right. I just knew something was coming, and we were not – we weren't going to be able to do shit for a while. So I, I had already put in my mind, like, I guess I work on this podcast. You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah, that was, so, it was pretty much it. It's like, get content out however you can. And, it, like, it, it changed. It changed the way entertainment went, which is a good thing. Because yeah. you can uh, you can adapt and learn how to do new stuff. Speaking of which, uh, you're writing a book, or you've written a book. Uh, yes, yeah, you've written a book, um, and t- tell us about the book. You you can probably roll the title out better than I can. So go ahead. Well, I, it's not technically like me writing a book because uh-huh. I'm just like providing the source material for an illustrator to draw the book. Okay, but it's a. It's the, the the loose title right now is called You Ain't Nothing But a Bitch with a Wig On. <laughs> and um it's <laughs> it's based on um a quote that one of my patients said to my face at some point in my 15-year career working at nursing homes. And so my book is essentially just about interactions I've had with the elderly over the past 15 years. So, you know, at, there was a time where I wore wigs to work and so the lady I was trying to get her to do any kind of therapy with me. And she was like, you are a crazy, insane bitch with a wig. And I was like, go on. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't like that. You know? Right. They don't, so, they don't like when you take the uh, wig I mean, out I of their with it. Yeah. And that's that's where most of the humor comes from. Because I do talk crazy to my patients, depending on who they are. Mm-hmm. You can kind of get away with it if you have the right kind of personality. Right. And so sometimes you get people that have like dementia or whatever, and they're mean, and you just kind of snap back with something. They kind of look at you like, you bitch. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, yeah. okay. <laughs> you know, it's, like, all right. Um, so I, I'm actually working on getting an illustrator to draw out all of these funny interactions because i used to post a lot of them online and people would be like what is happening right. at where you work yeah <laughs> like, like i saw that just happened to me yeah i see a couple of them i'm like what <laughs> the fuck is going on at this place like yeah it's funny I, and I, for a while i was like oh maybe i can make this into a script for a tv show and i don't know anything about writing and it's too big of a chore for me to try to figure out how to write a script and flesh out characters and i don't i don't have the the wherewithal yet to even do that Mm -hmm. and so i feel like maybe if i did a book and kind of just have this is what happened 
and this is just funny for people to see it and that's a way for it to be done be done kind of quickly right then you know that's the route i'm taking right now so and a lot of times people will see a book and say oh maybe we can make this into a tv show and so maybe that's that yeah. might be the way to get it done and have somebody else write it for me because right. <laughs> script writing is fucking hard it's not it's not as easy as oh, yeah. it seems because it's like you got to write all types of stage direction you got to set up scenes within it and stuff it's a lot of like tedious shit to do like and, and and I write scripts and I, I and I love writing, but writing scripts is not one of my favorite fucking things to do because of how tedious that it is. Yeah. You know? So like And it's hard to do for- if you've never done it before either. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is. Like if you just like you just download Final Draft and stuff and think you just gonna run in and just bust out this script, it's not gonna happen for you like that, you know? Exactly. I, I think some people are they shit on like going to comedy workshops comedy classes which i do i don't think you need to go to a class to learn stand-up that's something you actually just learn by doing you learn by doing but writing you definitely need somebody to teach you how to write like that's something you should invest in learning format and learning how to develop characters and shit like that you can't just pick that up all by yourself right you're really good at it you know what i mean and so for me i'm like i don't know enough i don't have enough tools and I only get one page in and I'm stressed out. So I'm going to just do something else and then make somebody else draw. I, I, I still have to, with the book though, I have to still give direction to the artist where it's right. like, this person's wearing this, she's sitting in a chair or she's lying in the bed with the covers up to her shoulders. I'm still kind of giving direction so that person knows exactly what to draw, but I'm not having to draw it. If yeah, that makes sense. Exactly, but I'm still yeah. very much involved with like the scene the scene and the development of the characters and what I'm wearing and where I'm sitting, you know, so they have an idea of what to do. So I'm still kind of like very much writing the book, but when it comes out, it'll be mostly just illustrations and like a few different blocks of explaining, this is my racism section. So if you're offended by the N word, you know, turn turn the page five times. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Right. It's like a choose your own adventure at that point. Look, if you're offended by this word, turn to page 38. (laughs) Right, but also like, if why are you offended? It it happened to me. Right, no, that that <laughs> these one, are my <laughs> yeah that, that that one bothers me every Black History Month. Like people get like upset yeah. about stuff. I'm like, wait, it's not happening to you though. It's happening to me, and you know, you ain't this live about it March through January. So you know, calm down. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm excited about that part of the book where I do kind of address racism. So people be like, "Wow, somebody said that to you," and it's like, "Yeah, and what did you do about it?" You can't do anything because yeah. you work in healthcare and you're supposed to help them even though they hate you. It's, right. It's not like being a cop where you can just shoot them all. But exactly. you have to actually still be nice to them right. after they call you the N-word. It's very hard to do. <laughs> it's not It's not easy at all because, like, these people will straight up do the most vile shit in the world to you. But at the end of the day, you're their health care provider. So, they, and they got, ex- they got excuses right. like, oh, you know, he's just a product of his time. Like, well, you know what? I'm about to beat him with a clock. Right. Fuck that. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right. Right yeah it's 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 i love the whole like oh she has dementia it's like yeah but she doesn't remember who you are and you're her sister but somehow she remembers that nigga is offensive yeah that's weird yeah that's that that that, (laughs) racism is still exists in the dementia brain it's really weird how it's a separate pocket of the brain where like racism still is live and well but i don't remember who my family is (laughs) yeah it's like i don't remember who my family is but i do know that i don't like people darker than a paper bag (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> and I'm going to tell them to their face. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to make time for that. But you know what? Where am I? Where am I and why are black people? Oh, right. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know who anybody is, but this person makes me uncomfortable. So we got to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like crazy that that happens. So like with, with like, so now do people at the day job know that you're making this book? Yeah, I think most of my money is coming from oh, people nice. I work with. They think it's such a funny <laughs> idea. Yeah, they're like, they get it. Sometimes they were in the room where it, when it happened. Oh, they're like, okay. I remember that. That was crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, sometimes because sometimes you're working in a gym, you're in a you're in a rehab gym with lots of people. People are exercising and right. doing different activities, and you'll get somebody who's just like screaming at you in front of everybody. <laughs> you know, like so, like everybody. Okay, you know what I mean? So yeah. So people coming up to you yeah. like, look, I hope your illustrator make me look right, you know, if I'm going to be in this book, because I was there when <laughs> this happened. Well, yeah, I think a, a few of the scenes were like someone's being like sexually inappropriate, where he's talking about like getting blowjobs every day when he was 16. Oh my God. And you're like, the lady sitting next to him is looking at him like, what the hell? You right. know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> Old men, I'd like that. I don't know why so, yeah. the fuck old men always think that everybody want to hear about their sex stories from when they was a kid in like the fucking twenties and shit. I, nobody wants to hear that. It, you know what the problem is too is when you're working with the elderly, a lot of people can't hear, and so sometimes they're loud and they don't realize yeah. that they're loud because they can't fucking hear what they're saying. And but most times they're just being men talking about sex because they 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 try to make you uncomfortable. And mm-hmm. I look at them like I'm not. I don't care. I'm not impressed. <laughs> be like, all right, whatever, dude. That's I'll fine. make him feel bad. Yeah, yeah. Be like, okay, that's. Cool. I'm like, I've seen you. I've seen you naked, and you just got a new hip. Like, you're right. not gonna. You're not doing nothing for me, sir. <laughs> yeah, back in my day, I used to do all this. I just changed your bedpan. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like this. You're not impressing me. We've already. I've seen you in the shower. This is no. You're not helping yourself at all by talking about your yes you, no yeah uh, just do these exercises and you can go home okay <laughs> all right so um so being in occupational therapy so I I so you travel with a job too right because I I do notice that when you do travel you also working at other facilities and stuff sometimes yeah they have a lot of like travel healthcare jobs um they have travel nurses and respiratory therapists and all kinds of people and so they have traveling um therapists as well and so i would always like go to places where i can still do comedy and still go to work okay. and a lot of the companies will find you an apartment if they if they if you don't have one or if you can find your own place then you get to keep that money you know what i mean so oh, nice um i've always been able to yeah, you get a license in that state and then you find a job. You work maybe a 13-week contract. And then if you don't like it, you can just leave after 13 months and go someplace else, which I usually end up doing because I get bored. Yeah. So, yeah, um, I've been f- lucky enough to be able to travel and work, which has always kind of been like a, a goal of mine to kind of be able to make money and still do my other shit. You know what right. I mean? I don't want to be traveling and be poor, you know? So, yeah, I've been lucky. Hell no, you don't want to be traveling poor. What's the point of traveling poor? If you, you you traveling and you really can't do nothing but like see other people having fun traveling. Um, You'd be surprised. A lot of these comics, you know, they do the road and they don't even have no money. They rely only on like the shows to pay for their trip. And it's like, 
no, I, I work three months at this place. I'm take a week off and I have money. I'm right. getting paid on Friday. Hell like, yeah. Not, Hell yeah. The money from the show is nice, but I can't use that to pay for anything. Like my Jeep, my, my Jeep payment is not going to get covered by these weekend shows. Exactly. Like you guys don't, comedy don't pay you that. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. for me, it's like, I always got to be able to have income. Yeah. Yeah. For all you aspiring comedians listening to this episode, please don't get in it for the money because you will find that it ain't there. No. <laughs> you will find that ain't no is. money. You, ain't no money. You, you do better this make yourself an LLC. And Yo. start using that as a tax write off because the amount of mileage you gonna put on your car, mileage and you ain't gonna get no car. reimbursement for that. Plane tickets and shit, and hotel rooms that you mm-hmm. gotta pay for if you traveling. They don't cover that. They don't cover that at all. You gonna find some clubs be like, hey, you want to come down perform here? All right, cool. What all you gonna get from me? You get a free meal at some places. For- and, and that's it, right? <laughs> yeah, unless you, you 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 have to get into at least a feature where they might put you in a hotel or a condo or something yeah. like that, and you can eat at the club. But when you're doing a lot of these independent shows, man, man. you better bring some merch. You better, yep. You better, <laughs> you better find you a funny ass joke with a nice little catchy punchline and print that shit on a t shirt and start selling that bitch because. Money ain't in this business at all. The money is in pretty much any other avenue that you can get from it. That's why a lot of comedians <laughs> sell merchandise or we got books or, or, or albums or something. Yep. Because the club ain't paying you. Yep, because yeah. that little money you get from tell yeah, the club ain't paying you nothing. That's, <laughs> that's definitely not what's happening at the club. <laughs> no. Club ain't paying you a goddamn thing. You'll be like, all right, cool. All right, I'm about to leave, and then the promoter look at you like, "What? You need a ride or something? What, what, what's going on? What was you waiting on?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I, 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 I tend to hate dealing with like promoters because I feel like sometimes people get caught up in like promoter shit at clubs. Like mm-hmm. I'm dealing with the club itself, yeah. like the actual booker. I don't want to deal with somebody who has like an off day show at a club because I got to go to you to get my money. Right? That's not. I don't like shit like that. Hell no, no, no. no. Like I, I got it. I thought I <laughs> I started make when I started making money in comedy. It was when I was just doing like independent shows and like private parties and stuff and private events. That's where the money was at for me. Like I wasn't making shit in clubs. Right, it but, still is. Yeah, it still is. Like I wasn't making shit in clubs, and I was and I had merch and all that stuff. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll go to the club, tell a couple jokes, work some shit out, maybe sell a couple shirts and stuff. But my money, money came from like private events and stuff like that. Um, that's something that a lot of comedians yeah. who, who, you know, are, are funny should get so, totally get into because if you're doing this shit for the money and all you're doing is performing at XYZ club or whatever on off nights, well, prepare to have nine roommates for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty sucky. They, you know, it's it, people think it's a lot of money in comedy. Yeah, when you're famous, hell yeah, it's a lot when of money. Famous, it's a lot of money. But even then, they only do like one or two specials a year, if that. Like Dave Chappelle, Dave right. Chappelle yeah, perform at comedy clubs. Yeah, Dave Chappelle perform at comedy clubs when he want to. He don't have to. And Dave Chappelle been doing comedy since he was 19 years old. No, I think like, <laughs> yeah, he's been doing that shit since he was like a fucking kid. Like I started when I was 21. And, right, and like you know, I didn't. I started in fucking Phoenix of all places, so 
you know, it wasn't too many outlets mm-hmm. where I could like spread my wings and stuff till I moved out here. And even still, I knew so much about the business side of it that, you know, the game had changed so much that like, all right, cool. I'll go to this club and stuff to try out new shit, but I know where my money's at. Um, yeah, people get caught up with the clubs because the clubs have that cool like stage photo. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. That's how you prove you're doing it. That's how you <laughs> prove you're doing it when you get that stage photo at a club. Otherwise, people don't know what you're doing and they don't think you legit unless uh, you get booked at a place that has a, a a brick wall with like the title behind it. Yeah. That's how you know you made it someplace. People don't realize that shit don't pay you that much either unless you know, you're like in New York or something. Like exactly. That. You gotta you gotta have your whole the whole word, the whole name of the club behind you, and you got to stand somewhere looking funny so you can type some shit so you can post it on the internet. I'm- yeah. <laughs> People think you legit then. You're, yeah. you're only legit when you get a stage photo at a club. But uh, so, so when, so when does the book come out? So like, so you're in the process of, of producing the book now. So when can we expect it out? Um, my Kickstarter for the funding is, um, open until the 24th. And after I get all the funds and then lock down my artists, cause I am shopping at least two or three different artists to kind of see which one I like. Okay. And then I'm telling them they have a deadline of like August to be done with all the okay. illustrations so I can get it by the end of summer or early fall this year. All so right. that's, that's the idea to have it done by yeah September. I think the book should be printed out and ready to go. Okay, so now we already we're gonna we're gonna put the link to the Kickstarter in the show notes. So if you guys are listening now and you guys want to support this 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 book is gonna be hilarious. So you guys want to support? Head over to the <laughs> kick, head over to the Kickstarter in the link. Uh, it's tons of rewards and stuff for your Kickstarter rewards. Some a lot of them you get the actual book and some art that won't make it into the book because you know it's a selection process. Not everything yeah. is gonna make it in. So. It's different, like tears and stuff. And also because one of the artists, yeah, one of the artists didn't know how to draw black people's hair. Oh, and so he drew me with some dreadlocks, and I was like, I can't put this in my book. And so that's <laughs> going to be a reward for people. Is that's another thing with artists? Picture me with some dreadlocks. Yeah, that's another <laughs> thing with artists and stuff. I'm I'm glad you brought that up because like I read comic books and stuff, and some people just can't fucking draw black people hair. So they end up drawing like one of three styles. Like the easiest one is the afro. You just draw a fucking circle and color it in. Yeah. And and then <laughs> then you got braids and then dreadlocks and stuff, which you just basically drawing strings and shit. Artists, I need y'all to step up y'all game a little bit and like draw more multicultural people. Um barbers and stuff too. I, I hate going to a fucking barber shop and they're like, Oh, I don't know how to do black people here. I'm like, then why are you here? You know? Right. We give you, we, we literally give so much money to the beauty industry. Look, I don't understand how y'all haven't figured out that we literally set the standard and y'all can't figure out how to comb our hair, but we know how to comb yours. We, yeah. It's like <laughs> black people will spend top fucking dollar to get their hair done on a weekly basis. You know, like people will walk yes. in, like fucking get it together and you can, you can put your fucking kids through college if you set up shop in a black neighborhood and you got some dope ass styles and right. shit that you can do. You'll be set for life. They just don't realize how they, much money we have. Yeah, really it's, it's ridiculous. They really don't realize how that we we mostly have budgets set aside for our hair care maintenance and stuff. And then they lock our hair care products <laughs> up like they in fucking jail and shit at the store. Right. <laughs> 
So yeah, those those rewards are going to be part of the book. And also, if you don't want to get a reward, you don't. If you, if you click on the, the part that says back this project, it'll say pledge without a reward. Yep. You can also just do that. Because some people are like, what if I don't want them? Like, you don't have to. You, you can just give to. me some money. I don't just, care. Yeah, just... So there, there is a way to pledge without taking a reward, which takes the stress off of me of trying to get all the rewards to all the people. Right, right. <laughs> I have to do those things. Because <laughs> that's, yeah, that's part, that's part of the They can whole... also find... Go ahead. They can also find the um, link to my book on my website. I have a, um, it's shawnachristmas.com. And if you click on the tab that says book, it'll take them right to the Kickstarter too, if that's easier for some people to navigate. So. Okay, cool. Because yeah, again, like we're going to include uh, both the link to your website and the um, uh, Kickstarter in the show notes here. And 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 hopefully you get because because the book has already been funded. But don't let that discourage you from donating money and stuff, you guys. Uh, the book has already been right. funded. You got it funded it really quick, too. Three days I reached my little goal. And my thing is I'm always like start small, do a goal you can actually meet. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And so... You don't want to like. I need twenty four thousand dollars in a month, and you don't Man. reach it because it's an all or nothing thing with Kickstarter. And right. so you, 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 you do a number you think you can do, and then you're like, cool, let's try to push a little bit more until the thing is over. You know right. what I mean? So now I'm in the stage where like I'm hitting up people I work with in New York, people I work with in Florida, and people I work with in Texas, and people over in California. Like I'm doing a book, I'm doing a book, and they're like, oh, okay, cool. And now they're kind of jumping on it too because they have time to donate. It's not too late to donate to it. So. Yeah. I'd rather have more than I need so I can like, you know, go into publishing and pay a really good illustrator as opposed to like somebody who never drew a black person before. Right. You know what I mean? like, right, right, right. Let me get a good I want the drawings to look good. And sometimes if you're good at drawing, sometimes you ask that you can ask for more money when you're a good illustrator. So exactly. that's fair. So yeah. So yeah, no, no. So I, I hopefully everything goes well with that. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing the book, and we could probably have you on when the book comes out again and discuss some of the funniest shit in there. Um, wh- before yeah. before we land this plane, though, can you tell everybody once again where they can find you online? Um, I'm on all social media platforms except for TikTok because I can't do anymore. I do. I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. <laughs> And I'm on Instagram. Uh, I've got a, a a podcast with my white my white boy. There you can go. find that on all the platforms. Um, Topical Smoothie is the name of that. You can find it on all the places to get podcasts. But uh, it's under Shauna Christmas S H A N N A. You can find my website there. You can find me under Shauna Christmas on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook as well. So same name for all the things. Cool. See, I, I'm I'm not I, I ain't get to the point where I got the same name for all the things yet. My shit is all over the place, but I ain't as cool. <laughs> I, if you can find me, you can find me. But um, uh, thank you so you, much. Yeah, they for, have to really look for you. Yeah, they not, not really. They really don't have to. I'm online all the goddamn time. I'm not hard to find. Um, but. Thank you so much for being on. Uh, that's going to wrap up this episode of Temple of Geek. want to thank everybody who tuned in, to gay, t- tune in today, especially, I guess, Shauna Christmas, Shauna Hanukkah, if you're Jewish. Uh, thank you for being here with us today. If you've got <laughs> any questions or comments, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter using the handle Temple of Geek. If you want to check out any of our other episodes or shows, head over to templeofgeek.com. Uh, Shauna, thank you so much for being on the show. I know we we try hard to do this. This is like a week in the works. We were trying to do this last week, and you had some technical difficulties, but I'm glad we got this shit to work out. 
Yeah, I'm glad too. Uh, thank you for, for having me and helping me get this promotion out for Man, all once, of my things. I once I saw you. that you had the book up, I was like, oh shit, I got to get her on the show because this would be funny as hell. <laughs> yeah, you still have time to, to, to donate until March yeah, 24th. So yeah, do those so, things. Yeah, do those things. Everybody go donate. And thank you so much. Please follow us on Twitter at Temple of Geek. Follow us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Temple of Geek. And remember to visit TempleofGeek.com. Your one stop for all things geek. Goodbye. This will conclude our transmission.